Exodus is predatory and survivalist. Spitting heaven's fire from his lips. Burn a slave driver. Welcome, listeners, to Time for an Awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4 6 states, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people will turn this around. Proverbs 4 7 states, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Though thy getting get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your hosts, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage and catch the live stream. At that location, you can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. And catch the live stream there also. You can go to a bb2me.com. That's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com forward slash time for an awakening. They stream out of Ghana. And catch the live stream there, or you can download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free app. In that TuneIn search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening. There you see the icon, and you can stream your program live, even into your car if you had the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, that's Time for an Awakening radio program with the live stream on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's timeforanawakening at gmail. Dot com. Time for an Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook and that Facebook search engine. Just type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor before you leave that page, just hit that like button. It's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook and Time for an Awakening media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on Time for an Awakening media. Interesting articles that you can read download at later times and share with your friends. Also check out that time for an awakening marketplace and our partnership with the BB to me. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time, various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So again, make that one of your favorites, <clears throat> put that in your address bar. It's time for an awakening.com time for an awakening.com will take you straight the time for an awakening media. <clears throat> it's 7.07 here in the city of Philadelphia on this uh, very warm Sunday evening, and we're in the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, pharmacologist, global clinical research biotechnologist, Professor Lewis Jefferson, and biomedical research scientist, Dr. Metasabia Solomon, are both joining us this evening talk about the vaccine, the variants, and black America. That's how I'm labeling this. And we'll be going over the data with our experts in a few minutes after we come back after a brief word from our sponsors.
Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked? Suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not where you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship 
of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening at 7.12 in the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. And Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to bring in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at African American Museum in Philadelphia at 7th and Arch Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Elliot. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fine. I, and, um, you know, I was just going back through my, my notes um, you know, the last couple of times we talked to um, Dr. Solomon, Dr. Jefferson. So I'm glad that we get another opportunity, even though the uh, the conversation may, I think it's, it's helpful. It's right. You know, as we deal with, you know, memorializing um, war, um, us being in the war against not just the viruses, but our own health and how they can be able to help us um, maintain and, or at least get a better perspective of, of what we're going through with these here viruses that we can't tell what's real compared to what's not. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad that we can reach out uh, uh, to some of the doctors that have been on this program and especially uh, Professor Jefferson and uh, Dr. Solomon to kind of help us uh, navigate through what we're dealing with. Um, we're going to review the data with, with our experts tonight. Um, you know, before we, Bring them on, Richard. Let me um, read from this published report that came out today in the New York Times. Uh, The United States is averaging about 110,000 new cases each day, a roughly 30% increase over the last two weeks. Since many cases go uncounted in official reports, the true toll is higher than these figures show. The daily case reports are four times as high as they were in early April, but still a fraction of the number seen in January when the initial Omicron surge was at its worst. Hospitalizations are also increasing. Uh, About 25,000 people were hospitalized uh, with the virus nationwide in the past week. About 11% increase of those patients are in intensive, oh, as about 11% of those patients are in intensive care units. Uh, as of late, as of in late January, more than 150,000 people were hospitalized weekly with COVID-19 and more than 25,000 of them were in intensive care. So we see, Richard, that, uh, I mean, summertime is basically right at the doorstep or here and cases rising across the nation again. So mm. so let's bring in uh, uh, our experts tonight to kind of review the data with our listening audience, pharmacologist, global clinical research biotechnologist, Professor Lewis Jefferson, and biomedical research scientist, Dr. Metasabia Solomon is with us this evening. How, how y'all doing? Fine, how are you? <laughs> doing great. great. Great to be on time for awakening again. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm happy to have both of you with myself and Brother Richard. Thank you for having us. Great. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Solomon, Professor Jefferson, we see these cases rising. Uh, kind of help us go through the uh, the review the data, so to speak. 
to see exactly what's happening. Uh, I want to touch on some other things that are, that are in the news that are hovering around this disease or these these variants. But I want to, um, I, I'll bring those up later on in the program. Uh, this stuff around monkeypox and uh, the children hepatitis, the child, uh, the hepatitis outbreak among young people. But first, let's talk about the, uh, these variants and what's going on uh, out here now. Uh, we're about a year and a half out from the initial treatments that were given to uh, a lot of folks here in the U.S. Uh, wh- what is the data? What has the data been showing you and and, uh, and Dr. Solomon as far as what is going on, uh, Professor Jefferson? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Dr. Solomon, would you like for me to begin? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So, so yes, I, I think I would begin by stating what I stated um, probably, I don't know, maybe six to nine months ago with Brother Richard and Brother Elliot on Time for Awakening that the efficacy ratios that were being reported by Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, and even AstraZeneca uh, regarding the uh, effectiveness of the vaccines to uh, prevent illness and prevent disease were overinflated. I mean, the, the way that they did the research was rigged uh, from the, from the beginning, and so we're starting to see the results of that. In that, the you know you you have probably seventy percent at this point between sixty five and seventy percent of the U.S. population vaccinated, yet you still have the continual rise in numbers, and so it shows that the efficacy rates of the vaccines were not effective. Um, I will say also that, yeah, we have variants, and the variants, as I mentioned on one of the other shows, the Omicron variant, we felt, was a a gift from the creator um, to allow for, uh, to to, to have a, a, a less virulent or a less harmful virus or portion of the coronavirus be given to us because we can mount our own effective immunity to it. Um, now we're approaching the point where COVID-19 or the coronavirus is going to become endemic and not pandemic, meaning that it's going to remain with us forever. I, d- I don't see any end to COVID, uh, COVID-19. It'll be COVID-22, 23, and COVID-3019 at some point. But uh, it, it will not end. But the important thing will be natural immunity. It's time for us to begin to be realistic about it and say that injecting S proteins, S spike proteins into our system uh, on a per six month basis, a per four month basis is untenable and dangerous. And so I'll stop from there. Uh, uh, Good, Dr. Salmon. Go ahead. Yeah, in regards to the number, what I would like to add, the numbers, if you look at it, uh, I've seen graphs. This is a similar point we were in exactly last year in summer 2021. So we're going to be seeing the same wave we saw in summer 2021. So we should expect the same results in terms of um, 
the wave coming in for the summer. And the peak should be between first week of June or midweek of June. We should be at the peak and then go down, similar as last year. And it'll start uh, rising again, in your opinion, like around September? Yes. Okay. If it, if it's, it goes as last year, we've seen it's predictable so far. The peak, like the trend right now is exactly as it was like last year uh, at this time. So if it repeats, you know, that's what we expect to see. Um, Professor Jefferson and Dr. Salmon, before I get into um, some of the uh, things that are happening now, uh, illnesses that may or may not be related to these treatments, uh, let me go back a little bit because you have the, the three, uh, Moderna, Pfizer, uh, Johnson and Johnson. Sometimes they're they're in it. Sometimes they're not. Yep. And, and AstraZeneca really hasn't been here. It's been like in Europe and other places. But l- let me go back because I, I want to read. And this was uh, from the uh, one of the medical websites, and it talked about the evolution of these treatments that we see now. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read a couple of. Um, paragraphs here and and get you to kind of fill in the gaps both of you get uh, fill in the gaps for us on march 30th of 2020 the, the fda authorized the use of hydrochloroquine it says the fda issued an emergency use authorization for hydrochloroquine sulfate to be donated to the strategic national stockpile and donated to hospitals to treat patients with covid 19 the EUA would, uh, <coughs> the emergency use authorization would be rescinded June 15th, except for patients in clinical trials in the wake of reports of heart rhythm problems among some patients. By June 18th, it says the World Health Organization ends the study of hydrochloroquine. It says the World Health Organization will stop testing hydrochloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19. The data uh, from the trial showed the drug did not reduce mortality. According to the World Health Organization, patients who were previously admitted, administered the drug, would finish their course and stop based on uh, supervised discretion. And then on June 20th, the National Institute of Health stopped the trials on hydrochloroquine. So we see that it was issued emergency use authorization in March saying it was uh, a treatment for COVID-19, but then a couple of months later, it was stopped by uh, several um, health governing bodies. Yes. Now, now that was hydrochloroquine. Let me move over to the rendezvous, because we see almost the same thing. In April, the uh, National Institute of Health Health started the trials with uh, rendezvous. Uh, it says uh, rendezvous made by Gilead Science uh, is better than the placebo in treating COVID-19. Patients with advanced COVID-19 and lung involvement who received the antiviral had 31% faster recovery time in about four days. Mm-hmm. On May 1st, rendezvous uh, 
gets emergency use authorization. And by August 24th, uh, it mentions global uh, health multicenter studies finds that the antiviral drug remdesivir had little effect on patients hospitalized with COVID-19. Uh, and they indicate that there was no significant difference during the duration uh, and the, pa- uh, the patients were on supplemental oxygen and uh, hospitalizations. Uh, the group given <clears throat> rendezivir and the control group seemed to be in a similar state. So we see that both of these drugs were experimented with and after a few months, after they touted they were uh, treatments, good treatments to fight COVID-19. After a few months, they were stopped. And uh, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson Johnson kind of stepped to the front. Uh, t- talk about that in, in your, because I know you've seen the data in all of these uh, treatments. Uh, what was your assessment of a lot of these things? Yeah, you know, I... <sighs> Being in research, I trust the rigorous science that is placed into clinical trials, and that's the ultimate way of determining whether something works. Uh, certainly, there was anecdotal evidence that hydrochloroquine was working, and uh, you know, uh, I don't think that the clinical trials were given the right power. I don't think they were given um, the right assessment. I think that it it was interfered with by government agencies aligned with Pfizer and Moderna. Um, but based on the research that was produced, it showed what it showed. It showed that hydrochloroquine wasn't as effective as what we saw anecdotally. Um, but, but, you know, that's what I'll say about that. As far as remdesivir, you know, same thing. Uh, it was not geared toward... Uh, COVID-19, but there was anecdotal evidence that it seemed to be working. And then when they ran some clinical trials on it, those particular clinical trials showed that it wasn't effective as, as anecdotal evidence said that it was. My point, I guess, I guess to answer the question is that the types of research that was done on hydrochloroquine and that was done on remdesivir was shoddy that they didn't really give it a chance almost as if you you design a study and you design it to fail as they design uh, as they design the studies for uh, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna mRNA vaccines to succeed I mean everything was padded in that direction you can see where they they covered up uh, the whistleblower out of Texas and never really stopped the study or halted the study. Um, I think that is more in play. So to answer your question, the data shows what it shows. The data that, you know, about both of those compounds is true based on how they designed the study. But if you designed it probably in a correct way, it would probably show more favorability for both of those drugs. That's my, my answer. Uh, Professor Jefferson and Dr. Solomon, uh, I'd like you both to kind of weigh in on this one. Um, I, I know it wasn't independent studies, and if it was, maybe you can help us with that. It wasn't independent studies on people taking uh, 
some of the natural substances, the vitamin E, the zinc, uh, 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 and, and some of the other the vitamins that would help kind of ward off uh, COVID-19 and the variants and help strengthen your immune system. I don't think it was any independent studies uh, dealing with those uh, some of those treatments. Uh, in your uh, travels and you moving around and interviewing people, uh, talking to patients that had been sick and ones that hadn't been sick, uh, people that were vaccinated and ones that were unvaccinated, uh, people that were taking uh, 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 herbs and vitamins to help build their immune system and those who wasn't. What have you seen based on your kind of independent research as far as assessing uh, the treatments that are out there and the, the people taking uh, herbs or natural vitamins to build their immune system as opposed to people that have taken uh, the commercial treatments? Yes. Uh, Dr. Solomon will probably have some good data on that, but actually when you say that there weren't any independent research on it, there is. Okay. Um, one that we talk about in Israel, the Israel study that uh, Dr. Solomon knows well, um, and there are others that show that vitamin D, I mean, it, it keeps on popping up in Europe. They, they review it a lot. And I'm sure as I'm talking, uh, Dr. Solomon will, will probably sort of dig some of those up. Um, and even anecdotally, like what I see between vitamin D and vitamin D's ability to stimulate the immune system by increasing T-cell development, um, it is an absolute fact. As a matter of fact, everybody, even, even when uh, patients are down, they would call me and they're in the hospital with COVID. And I asked them, are you being given vitamin D? And even the hospitals know that they should be giving these patients vitamin D, and they are. You know, so, so it is strong evidence okay. to show that vitamin D has an impact for sure. Vitamin D3, I should say. And um, as far as zinc, zinc is also included. Now, zinc, I want to say, I, I always say you, you have to take zinc early on in the infection. Like when you first think that you may be coming down with something, you want to take zinc and you want to take kerosene because that's the same mechanism of action that hydrochloroquine utilizes. Hydrochloroquine uh, stimulates the ab ability to uh, not allow for the uh, spike protein to, to, to enter. And, uh, and so when you take quercetin and zinc, zinc is very effective in, in fighting off the, uh, the virus, but it can't enter the cell unless you're taking quercetin. And hydrochloroquine, with hydrochloroquine, it allows for your actual zinc in, that's floating in your body to enter and kill off viruses. So the, the mechanism of action is the same. Uh, but I, I want Dr. Solomon to kind of uh, sort of uh, buttress uh, what I was saying about D3. Yeah, Dr. Salman? I think she's muted. Let me see. Okay. Here she is. <laughs> yeah, I was talking. I didn't realize I was on mute. Uh, there are studies, actually, on D3 and zinc, actually, or multiple studies that people have done a clinical research on. Uh, for D3, uh, I'm looking at the paper. For zinc, actually, there is a review paper done by, uh, let me read it to you, by... 
uh, by uh, authors Anatoly Skalski. So they call it zinc and re- respiratory tract infection and, uh, how, yeah. and the benefit of it. So they have yeah. a really good review of how it's going to help you in preventing or helping you fight infection. So they have a good review. So it's there's a lot of clinical research done on that as well. And they have also what you haven't mentioned is NAC. Also, there is a paper, a research clinical review paper that discusses yeah. how if you get NAC uh, right at the exposure, even yeah. they have it as a dosage. Like if you just get the exposure, do the oral NAC at 600 milligram. If you have a fever, cough, increase it by double. Then they go in, if you have, it turns into pneumonia, they say do it in inhalation and then IV, depending where you are, and it shows it helps you. So there's a lot of clinical review uh, done on those papers, studies done. It's just, we just don't see it on the media. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of uh, India as well. There's uh, done for detent. a D3 vitamin done on that as well, clinical trials, the benefit of it. Uh, you know what, now that, uh, you said tonight, that's the NAC? Yeah, yeah, yes. that's uh, N-acetylcysteine. Now, and you said 600 milligrams of that? Uh, yes, so if you have, um, so if you just getting, you think you have the exposure that they're suggesting to take a 600 milligram. Mm-hmm. And if you have fever, cough, they say their suggestion is to double, to okay. double that dosage. I, I will email you the paper. It's like a long paper that has a really good instruction on that as well. It's a really clinical trial they did on dosage. Oh, good. I'll post it to the, the Time for Awakening site. Um, Professor Jefferson, um, the zinc and the quercetin, I take, I don't take it every day. Mm-hmm. I might take it maybe three times a week. Uh, and the, the elderberry. Now, should I take, uh, does the elderberry uh, do what the quercetin does or they do separate things? Because sometimes I take elderberry too with the, the zinc and the, the quercetin. They, they do, elderberry works as a strong antioxidant. So it just, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, it's more on the lines of what NAC does, but NAC is even more special because NAC uh, prevents uh, the uh, accumulation of mucus, uh, which you know happens when you have uh, major inflammation in the respiratory tract, and so NAC is is very effective with that. So, but elderberry is great as an antioxidant, okay. a strong antioxidant. Uh, Richard. Um, <clears throat> You can jump on it. You know, um, the last time you was here, Dr. Solomon, I, I don't know if it's in my memory and I looked at my notes, you were you were concerned in relationship to the um, the virus effect or the MRA um, vaccine on pregnant women. Um, and I wanted to wanted you to, you know, like help us. What have you been looking at? What have you noticed? over say the last year from the time you, you were um, had some concerns um, initially? Uh, my concern still stands and still they haven't refuted. 
and they were saying they done they're gonna be doing clinical trial on pregnant women, and it still hasn't come out. But we're still seeing a rise in infants and ICUs and NICU, sorry, with heart problems. There is a big rise on that. But what happened to that clinical trial? So I'm waiting to see a detailed data on that. Uh, and also not just pregnant women, but breastfeeding as well. That is going into the, uh, through the, uh, the duct that's going in the, to the infants that they're breastfeeding. So it's still like they haven't showed us that data and they keep saying it's safe, but I don't think it's safe. And we're, I'm looking into the dump of those 90,000 uh, papers that, you know, uh, the Pfizer had to, was forced to release. I don't know if you're aware of that. So that shows how it's their clinical trial um, they did its flaws that the, the 93% efficacy they showed when people go back and redo that uh, calculation, it goes down to 50 or even 13%, depending how you calculate that and how all the data that was given to us and how they calculated is biased. So I can only imagine the next data that's going to be released, what it's going to tell us about pregnant women and uh, other stuff that's going to come out. And we could talk about that in details. So, so if I understand you right, as of right now, still um, the information in relationship to, and, and, and let me be clear uh, or help us be clear. Is that your concern in relationship to the virus effect on pregnant women or is it uh, uh, in relationship to the vaccine? I want to see both. Okay. The vaccine more, uh, because again, it's messenger RNA, right? We don't know yet. We're already seeing the effect on, uh, you know, regular people, let alone pregnant and infants or the fetus. We don't know what's going to do to that. But the virus too, we don't know. I don't think we have a clear data. And mm -hmm. my question is, if we they have been hiding all this data that they were forced to dump, where is that the data on pregnant women? And 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 the Possibly a follow-up question to this is um, announced and looking at the messenger RNA, and, uh, and if I understand right, here are these companies, they're doing these trials and the information in relationship to the trials are not really forthcoming or, and I think I heard you say, Dr. Uh, Professor Jefferson, that even the way the trial that might have been set up in order to get results could have been set up to get success, right? But so as as a as a as ones who are looking, um, you know, trying to glean where where is the actual information at? Um, one have is there is there anybody out there that you um, have confidence in that is working in this area of the uh, specifically the mRNA um, and what they have learned since now going into uh, the two years, which they have had at least more people, what is the, the third, have taken the, the third shot. Is there information out there that's telling you um, that you have a little confidence in, and that's both of you, about what is this mRNA um, doing or potentially doing um, as it's being administered? Is there anybody, you know, anything you're reading that that is helping you 
um, um, guide your your view or, or um, observation. Yeah, one is what Dr. Solomon just mentioned. Um, there was an action group of scientists that demanded and even sued to get the FDA to release the data because the FDA wasn't going to release the data for some 50 odd years stating that they didn't have the personnel to review all the, the, the documents on time. But we, that, that particular group uh, of scientists had to file and sue in order to do that. Imagine that, you know, uh, <laughs> so you, you can rely on that group. Uh, and, and Dr. Selim, you could maybe remember, recall the name of that group that sued to uh, have those documents released. Uh, that you could count on them. And then also, there's some good data that we re review out of that. And there's a good study out of Brigham Young Women's Hospital recently, uh, believe it or not, um, that talks about how the messenger RNA vaccines, at one time, the Pfizer and Moderna and the CDC and the FDA were stating that once you injected the messenger RNA vaccine into the arm, that it stayed localized in that muscle tissue. And then the uh, T cells and macrophages began to collect it. And at that point, stimulating B cells to make the antibodies. But in that Brigham, uh, Brigham Women's Hospital uh, report on 13 individuals, they're finding that the messenger in RNA does not stay isolated. It circulates into the plasma. And that opens it up to what you, you asked the question about pregnant women. If you're being vaccinated and you're pregnant, and we now know that the messenger RNA is not staying localized to the area and it is circulating in plasma, it can create uh, deleterious effects on the fetus and even the mother in that case. And I, I can go into detail about what those deleterious effects would, would be. But I, I want to open it up for more questions or just to think about that point. Well, I, yes. uh, I would like to add to what he said. There is another paper uh, that came in from Lund University, Sweden that I'll read you the title. It's called Intracellular Reverse Transcription of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine in Vitro in Human Liver Cells. So basically, they're seeing that the, they were saying the DNA doesn't, the messenger RNA is not going to integrate into your human genome. But they're seeing there is a reverse transcribed and integrated into the genome of human cells. So mm -hmm. They have that data. So you can imagine uh, if you're pregnant and you have this fetus that is, you know, forming and yep. is going to be integrated uh, into the genome. Mm -hmm. And and how is that going to be? They were saying you're safe. Nothing would happen. But mm -hmm. now they're showing with real, real human cell data. It's really integrated into your cells. And, and, and as a side, and, and to... One of the points that Elliot raised in relationship to um, um, health and taking the um, the vitamin the vitamin approach, um, what what I'm hearing um, for us is 
that we should be um, very conscientious as we as they're exploring and even pushing um, mm-hmm. some of us to these here. Um, this to this I'm gonna call it technology. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it is. It is that. Yeah, technology. Yeah, they're pushing us to this technology that we should be even more vigilant about our general health and utilizing uh, to the best of our ability other mechanisms that isn't necessarily the technological approach in order to be able to deal with the viruses that are here. And I think you mentioned, uh, Professor Solomon, that this here. Uh, COVID-19 will go from 19, 20, 21, 22, and on. Um, I, I guess for, for here, I, w- I will stop um, with a, another um, question, just kind of general, because I've seen this here thing about what is, uh, you know, the whole thing of the amount of money that is going into health, um, human health and performance using synthetic biology. Um, um, can you give me your uh, and I know that the economics of it is not your area, but the, the point of how should we view this to when now we're dealing with um, this thing about, um, what is it, when you, you go on a computer and they're telling you from there uh, how they're going to deal with your health. How should we view, view um, from your vantage point, you know, and looking at the literature, how should we view this going into a industry that's being developed and they're projecting right now $1.3 trillion. Um, how should we view this um, from your vantage point? And, and I would like um, also, you know, Dr. Solomon, Solomon, for you to, um, who is looking at the that literature from your vantage point to also, um, because this is new technology and it's going into the biological system and we have to, um, when we go to the doctor, when we t- talk to our insurance company, we, we have to have something that we're operating off of more than just take it, if it makes sense I'm making, if I'm making sense. Yeah, you make perfectly good sense. And and Dr. Solomon, I'm, I know that you're probably itching to address that, but, so I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> and then no, I'll, you I'll go ahead. You go ahead. You want me to go? Okay, yeah. okay. So, so yes, uh, you know, I, I'm dealing with, cases like that all all the time where uh doctors seem to say that they have it all figured out and they're they're not looking at the the human the whole human picture on these patients coming in so i think that's very dangerous i've said this before on the show um that you know america's economy was uh in bad shape it was not competing it's in the China is in the passing lane and has already passed uh, to, uh, the United States economically and, in, and even technologically, as we just found out that we, we China has just developed another space, uh, excuse me, an aircraft that's well beyond what you can manufacture here in the United States. So in order to compete uh, with the economy, this was this vaccine, the messenger RNA vaccines between Pfizer and Moderna was a public to private partnership that allowed for the United States government to pump in more money uh, into, into this sort of development. And I, you know, I'll continually uh, believe that and moving into the technology of, you know, reviewing your medical files and, and uh, it, it, 
it amounts to health control. And, and who's going to be able to benefit from that when the, we still have a large majority of our population without health insurance? So if you don't have health insurance, will you even be on the grid? Will, you, will they even know uh, what your blood counts are or in order to determine what, what drugs you need? So, I mean, that would be my answer to the question. And, and then I'll, I'll let uh, Dr. Solomon chime in. Yeah, so what I would say, it's like you said, it's a new technology, and that's why we've been uh, on the early beaker, and Lewis has been saying this. It's a new technology. We don't have all the information. It's going on a fast track, and we haven't done. They just came out what is going to happen at a cell level, and what is that going to be when they do it in vivo, this controlled study? before it even went to humans. So we have skipped a lot of steps. When we did it, we went to humans. So there's more information coming in. We, there was new uh, old uh, vaccine we've been using that we didn't create for this, that China, uh, Cuba, uh, Russia, they yeah. all created a vaccine with a known technology that they know what the side effect is. So we have two unknowns here. Usually in science, it's always say, reduce it to one unknown as much as you can so that you know the effect. Here, we don't even understand what is the S protein does, what is the virus does. And then we have this messenger RNA new technology. So if you're getting infected and you're vaccinated, where's the problem coming in? Because you don't even know what is the exact side effect of that vaccine is. So you have two unknown you're working with. So as much as you can in science, they always tell us, reduce it and go one unknown at a time to find a solution. So people stick to what we have known for decades. Mm. Your natural humidity, then the same uh, technology that we know the pros and cons that have been used in millions and millions of people. Get out, get into the sun, take your vitamin D, as be as much natural as you can. This new technology is just the tip of the iceberg that is coming out. Slowly the science is coming out. Like I said, this this, uh, I'll send you this document that talks about how it integrates into human cells, the yeah. DNA. So that messenger RNA, it could be in any sequence. And if it's integrated in us and we renew ourselves or anything, are we going to keep getting that? Is it part of us now or what is it happening? There's a lot of questions we haven't answered. And, and Elliot, yeah. go, go ahead, no, go, Professor Lewis. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to iterate that this is troubling, you know, because uh, I, I wanted to iterate on the point that there are there are so many other ways to make a vaccine, and we're we're so so capable of of even making something, even if people wanted to take a messenger RNA vaccine. The America is so so capable of making an attenuated virus, meaning that you know you have something that's coming from the viral code that you can u- utilize as safer and, and that we it's known technology that we've been doing for years. Um, there's there's uh, uh, the uh, DNA type vaccines that are being developed for, around the world. There's so many other ways to do this, but why? I mean, you have to ask, and everybody listening have to ask, why messenger RNA vaccines? 
why messenger RNA vaccines? And when you get into the, the next questions, I think that uh, Brother Elliot was going to talk about with monkeypox, uh, we, we began to see that this is something that they're developing for two reasons. One is that biological warfare has been practiced by the United States. Um, and if we are attacked biologically by somebody else in retaliation, you have to be ready and prepared very fast. That's the good thing about messenger RNA vaccines. And they were, they were trying to probably utilize messenger RNA vaccines on the American population just to test to see whether it would work fast in, in the case where there's biological warfare on us. Because there's no other reason. Q, like Dr. Solomon said, Cuba's vaccine is effective, extremely effective. They don't have the problem we have. China's vaccine is effective. India um, is effective. Uh, parts of, of Southeast Asia in Vietnam. The, the vac- Vietnam. We tried to destroy Vietnam, yet Vietnam's technology for a vaccine is more effective than ours. Yet we're pushing messenger RNA vaccines. And that, that, that's, that's what I have to say about it. And, and, and Elliot, the only thing in listening, um, you know, to uh, Professor Jefferson and Dr. Solomon, and, and y'all are going to make me go into another realm, which I'm going to try not to, you know, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you're edging me there. But um, <laughs> that Dr. Solomon said in relationship to women, and it's just interesting. Uh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the whole thing of all this Similax all of a sudden. Dis- yeah, I do. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, wow, Richard. I, I, I'll just stop there because I don't want to go. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I would say for people who haven't watched Sorry to Bother You to go watch Sorry to Bother You. you say Sorry to Bother You? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me um, let me ask this before I kind of shift gears into uh, talking about some of the things that that's in the news right now. Because you mentioned about uh, Cuba, uh, 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 Professor Jefferson, we had a young uh, a young uh, brother that was uh, that had been trained in the Cuban medical school. Uh, he did uh, tours down in South America. He did tours on the continent uh, with mm-hmm. the other Cuban doctors. And now he's back here in Atlanta uh, doing his four years because in order to uh, be trained in Cuba as a doctor, you had to go back to your neighborhoods or your communities yes. and spend four years in a hospital. So yes. he's here now in the Atlanta area and the hospital. And he talked about um, – him being trained and familiar with the protein-based vaccines that they use in Cuba. Now, let me, I just want to share this article here because I know you're probably familiar with it, but to help our audience with it. Now, this came from an article last month, uh, a medical journal, uh, Northwestern. It says a new COVID-19 spray outperforms current antibody treatments in mice. A single inhaled dose treated or even prevented infection by COVID-19 and its variants. A new protein-based antiviral nasal spray uh, developed at Northwestern University 
of the University of Washington and Washington University at St. Louis is being advanced towards phase one human clinical trials to treat to treat COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new protein therapies, uh, the new protein therapies thwarted infection by intervening, interfering with the virus's ability to enter the cells. The top mm-hmm. protein neutralized the virus with a similar or greater potency than antibody treatments with emergency use authorization status from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Notably, mm-hmm. the top protein also neutralized all tested SARS COVID-2 variants, something mm-hmm. that many clinical antibodies have failed to do. Mm-hmm. When researchers administered the treatment to mice as a nasal spray, they found that the best of these antiviral proteins reduced symptoms of infection or either prevented it outright. So we see now that America is experimenting with the protein nasal spray that Cuba has already done and uh, been uh, 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 treating their population and others around the world. You know, that kind of goes to what you were saying about the United States just refusing to work with other nations and Mm -hmm. deciding to go on their own with these artificial treatments. But I just wanted you to kind of talk about this this antiviral spray that all of a sudden they're coming up with here at the University of Washington and talking about the great success they're having. Because as a person that have worked on vaccines and and, and, uh, things of that nature before, you mentioned before that you wasn't against vaccines, but you were against these vaccines. So talk about that uh, the protein-based spray that they're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, it's a protein-based spray that uh, blocks the ACE2 receptor. And so if you, you spray it there and it's blocking the ACE2 receptors in that region and you're breathing into your nose. If you're breathing into your nose and COVID comes in, COVID wouldn't have an ability to latch on to a cell in order for it to uh, infect your body, and, and and that's the technology, like like you said, um, is a protein base, and Cuba is well working with a protein base. If we were uh, amenable to working with Cuba, um, we could have uh, probably handled this in in a in a much faster way, and we would also have access to their other vaccines, and and we probably we may not even have the vaccine hesitancy that we have because we would have an upfront government that would be giving us the choices that were set out. When when I first came on this show, I I mentioned that there were 246 vaccines that were under the development at this, at the time, 14 had moved into like phase phase two, phase three region. And still we're three years into this virus is it three, three years, or three years, almost four years uh, into this virus, almost. And yet we still are dealing with, in the news, two vaccines. That, that's uncanny. And, and, and it's, it's, it's just unrealistic to not be able to work with the rest of the globe. And we know what that's all about with, with Cuba. But, but you're absolutely right. I, you know, I, I'm very happy that the United States is catching up and in utilizing this as a, a nasal spray, but it could be much faster and much better if, if we would have cooper, uh, cooperative uh, science. Wow. 
Um, you know, we, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, uh, I want to kind of shift gears and talk about this uh, outbreak of the uh, children, hepatitis in children, also this yeah. monkeypox outbreak that, that uh, uh, that's going on. And I want to see whether uh, both you and Dr. Solomon can see any correlation between some of these treatments and what's going on. Um, yes. You can join the conversation ask any question you want by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're in conversation with uh, pharmacologists, global clinical research biotechnologist, Professor Lewis Jefferson, and biomedical research scientist, Dr. Metasabia Solomon. I'll, uh, I'll introduce uh, what I wanted to, and then we'll, we'll kind of uh, go into conversation about it when we come back from break. Um, Oh, no, I'll do this. I'll take a call, and uh, and then I'll break, and then we'll and I'll introduce it when we come back from break. Let's go to four 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 four. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings, uh, Elliot and uh, Richard and uh, the doctors. I hope y'all hear me. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, we can hear you. F- yes, sir. With this FDA and uh, uh, messing with the baby food and all that, man. My question is to y'all. Fauci should be arrested, in my opinion. But uh, what y'all think about this gain of function, man? Can y'all explain this gain of function? Because I see some more stuff coming down the pipe. Can y'all explain it? And I'll mute myself. I appreciate it. Thanks for your question. So, so can, can you uh, give me some context of, of what you mean uh, by gain of function? It, it, because gain of function means something in different <laughs> Of functionalities of science. Uh, you're still there? 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, I'm still here, man. Uh, yeah, no, now, no. You, uh, uh, explain that again, that yeah, gain of function. Yes. No, he said, can you ask your question again? Because he's not clear to what you... Uh, uh, yeah, about this gain of function, uh, with this uh, so-called COVID thing, where they got this gain of function. Are y'all familiar with that? Where it gain a yeah. function? Yeah, I think I think I know what you mean. It's kind of what uh, Dr. Solomon talked about, you know, with uh, the ability to alter organisms um, through through drugs. Like you can alter what an organism does, meaning that if if the messenger RNA can be reverse transcribed into our DNA, it starts to make proteins or it makes something else. Um, I, I mentioned this a lot of times on, on the show before when I talk about ribosomal misread. Um, a ribosomal misread could do two things. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and break it down as simply as I can. So a ribosome is inside of your cell and the messenger RNA vaccines depend on that ribosome to type out the message that makes it a protein. And everything in our bodies are protein. Our kidneys are made of proteins. Our eyes are made of protein. Uh, our liver cell, everything make made of an assortment of types of protein. Now, if you alter the types of proteins, you can have foreign proteins. But if you say, say you had a mad scientist that, you know, decides, okay, well, I'm not, instead of making spike proteins, I'm going to make 
the body makes something else. So now we know that we know that we can shoot in a messenger RNA. We can have the body make a spike protein. Okay, you know how this country has thought before. If you can make the body make a foreign protein, what else will this mad country do with that technology? And, and I'll just leave it right there. I'll leave it there. Okay, that's good. You you, you kind of explain what it is, man. There's some trickery going on, and, and what they're doing, if they whatever they're trying to do to us is gonna backfire on them. And uh, y'all get ready, man. I want to see what's gonna happen after this so-called holiday memorial day, when people get home and, and see what what kind of numbers they're gonna come up with after this holiday. That'll be yeah, interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. The best thing is to 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 really believe that the virus is there. And, and not get it. That's the, that's the best thing to, to do. And, you know, stay up on getting your sleep at night, taking your vitamin D, getting sunshine, like uh, Brother Elliot said, with the with the elderberry, with the with the uh, zinc, with the vitamin D three, as I mentioned. Uh, and if you think you're coming out with something, go with the knack. Um, you know, these natural remedies are very important uh, for us because. We, we don't want to monkey around with shooting S-spikes proteins in our body. And, and uh, I'll, I'll just stop right now. Yes, sir. That neck's hard to find, man. I forgot to get a doctor to write it. Or it's hard to find, man. I've been looking around for it, and it's hard to find right now. Yeah, have you tried Whole Foods? Okay, I'm going to check that out. But anyhow, I'm going to mute myself. But yeah, I'm staying away from people, man. Whatever people are doing, I'm doing the opposite. Everybody yeah. got vacation. I already <laughs> took my vacation two weeks ago, so I'm doing the opposite of what all the, all the sheep would do. Anyway, yes, I appreciate it. Brother. Yes, brother. And thank you for spreading that good word that you just spread right there. <laughs> Thanks for your contribution. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Again, you can be involved, too, by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back. Listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. 
RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Overworked, suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors, or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not what you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m., for podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. In fourteen ninety two, you came up on the shores. 700 years educated by the Moors. 17th century genocide in the gun. Little passage blessed to market the Africans in the so called land of God. My kind were treated hard from back then until now. I see. And you agree we have been a misrepresented people from back then until now. Just see my family tree. We have been a misrepresented people. We have been a misrepresented people.
back to time for an awakening. It's 8.14 in the city of Philadelphia on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, pharmacologist, global research biotechnologist, Professor Lewis Jefferson, and biomedical research scientist, Dr. Metasavia Solomon is joining us in conversation. The vaccines, the variant in black America is the topic of discussion tonight, and you can join the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Dr. Solomon, uh, Professor Jefferson, let me share this article with you to kind of head the uh, area that I want to move into to get get your opinions on it uh, medically. Yes. Um, Yes. First, I want to read... From from your your station breaks, Part of the joy of coming on your show, Brother Booker, are the station breaks and the information, even in the station breaks and the music is is wonderful. So, so I do want to say that. Oh, okay. Well, you got to thank Stevie for that. <laughs> right, right. Stevie said we're, we're misrepresented, but he, he has a song for Ukraine. Now, but, oh, but I, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> times change. Oh my. Oh boy! <laughs> let, let, let me share this article with the, with both of you. Uh, I'll read from the World Health Organization uh, this report that came out on April twenty third of this year. Um, please note that this disease outbreak news has been revised to correct the World Health Organization's working case definition that was published on April twenty. 20- Third, uh, 2022 outbreak at a glance since the world health organization disease outbreak news the acute hepatitis of unknown 
ideology. The United Kingdom and Great Britain and Northern Ireland was published on April 15th of this year. That has been continuing uh, further reports of cases of acute hepatitis of unknown origin in young children. It is not yet clear if there has been any increased cases or any increase in awareness of the hepatitis cases that has occurred at the expected rate uh, to go undetected. While adenovirus is a possible hypothesis, investigations are ongoing for a causative agent. As of April 21st, 2022, at least 169 cases of acute hepatitis of unknown origin has been reported in 11 countries, according to the World Health Organization, European region, and Americas. Now, let me read the countries as of the initial report in April 15th. The United Kingdom, Spain, Israel, United States, Denmark, Ireland, the Netherlands, Italy, Norway, France, Romania, and Belgium had this outbreak of child hepatitis. And that was uh, a little over a month ago. This is a report that just came out today in the Hill. World Health Organization, 650 children diagnosed with severe hepatitis since April. The World Health Organization on Sunday said that 650 severe hepatitis cases have been reported in 33 countries between April the 5th and May 26th, noting that the latest assessment is that the disease poses a moderate global risk. The organization added that 99 additional cases were pending classification. As of the 650 reported cases, 58% of them were in the European region. Uh, More than 200 of the pending and probable cases were reported from the United States, the World Health Organization reported. The etiology of this severe acute hepatitis remains unknown and under investigation, the World Health Organization says. Uh, Nothing that the cases, uh, excuse me, noting that the cases were more clinically severe and more likely to result in acute liver failure than previously reported uh, in children. Uh, Globally, um, at least 38, okay, I'll I'll, I'll stop there. Uh, So we see here, uh, according to these reports, the initial report that came out that said 169 cases had been reported in Europe and the Americas. Now it has ballooned in less than a month to 650 cases. And uh, out of the 650 cases, 58% of them was in Europe and more than 200 of the pending and probable cases were in the United States. Professor Jefferson, Dr. Solomon, what's going on? Do you think this might be related to these uh, uh, vaccine treatments and it's kind of odd that these cases are, are exploding in the, t- in the two uh, continents that have been dealing with these treatments, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, 
Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca. Give me some outlook on this. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I just read. So, what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Like reading, you know, educates us so much. And you're reading, the, you're reading the right stuff, brother Booker, and you're reading it the right way. You sound like an epidemiologist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, of course. Like when you look at the trend. Uh, all the places that are heavily vaccinated happen to be the place where you have hepatitis, uh, spontaneous uh, autoimmune hepatitis or spontaneous hepatitis, not even autoimmune. So when, when you look at that, um, you know, hepatitis typically comes from hepatitis A, B, C, D, or E, um, A being a less harmful one, B and C being more harmful, more sexually transmitted, E being an attenuation of that. But this is not even, this is not from any of those uh, picovirus strands, which is, you know, kind of like what hepatitis virus come from. This is coming from an, an external source of inflammation. So, so it's external. So you'll know what it is. They did mention adenovirus and Adenovirus, you know, could be a culprit for sure, but why isn't it happening any other place? Um, and then, and as a matter of fact, okay, adenovirus is easy to figure out. You're you're France. You're technically uh, astute. You're in the United States. You're technically astute. You're uh, England. I don't call it Great Britain. England. You're technically astute. So why don't you? Why don't you? run a test for adenovirus if you think it's adenovirus. It's pretty simple. So so obviously you don't think it's adenovirus. And so I, I want to go into uh, a paper that, that I read uh, recently from the Journal of uh, Hepatology, Hepatology, which is HAPA, meaning liver, hepatology. And in that journal, there's a clear indication, not an indication, that it's a clear example of how immune-mediated hepatitis is related to Moderna vaccine. And this is, mm. this is from a paper October 4th in a peer-reviewed paper, 2021, where it, it talks about the immune-mediated hepatitis. Now, before, scientists in Europe were stating that, oh, Yes, uh, spontaneous hepatitis happening. Oh, we don't think it's the that any of the vaccines though. Uh, it's not. It's not that. But then all of a sudden, you get this paper out of uh, hepatology, and it clearly dispels that. Where uh, there there was a patient, and there 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 are even more. But this is a, a particular patient that I, I'm going to talk about, where the patient was a seven year old. Uh, boy, and that seven-year-old boy was otherwise healthy. He had had the Moderna vaccine, and he he came in and he he, he started to have jaundice, meaning it, his eyes turned yellow. Um, he had symptoms of fever, and he was tired. He had some general malaise, and so they said again. And this is the danger of not looking at vaccines careful enough and and not looking at all the things that they can cause. 
he came in and reported this. Don't you know, they really didn't report it as an adverse event that was caused by the vaccine. And they, in 28 days later, they gave him another dose. Rather than reporting it and taking him off of it, they gave him another dose. And again, luckily he, he didn't die, but again, he, he had immune-mediated hepatitis. And, and, and it was from directly from the Moderna vaccine. And I hope that everybody listening can go read that paper or Google it and, and, and check it out. Um, so I say this, that there is a mechanism of which the vaccines can cause an immune-mediated hepatitis. So what happens when you give a vaccine, when you, 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 you give a vaccine, the vaccine uh, creates this messenger RNA. The messenger RNA uh, creates the spike. And that spike, it, it say, say you have a spike inside your cell. And in, like uh, you're inside your house and you, you poke your hand out the window to hand somebody an apple, right? You're, you're in the house, but you're taking your hand to point it out the window with an apple. That's what, what we call major histocompatibility markers do on, on cells, or, or excuse me, on macrophages or uh, immune cells in order to expose the foreign particle so that the immune cells can attack it. So with this particular mechanism of action, the apple can be exposed and then there's an immune reaction to the apple. And this is, is possibly what's happening with the immune-mediated hepatitis in the liver cells of the people that are, are coming out with this hepatitis. Now, I don't know this for a fact. This is uh, the, a, a scientific mechanism of action that can, that can certainly occur. Um, and we do know that in this paper, there was an immune-mediated hepatitis from Moderna vaccine. Well, we're seeing from these reports that uh, they still don't know the origin of a uh, of a uh, of uh, the the outbreak of what's going on with the uh, the hepatitis in children. And, and and I'll just read this last uh, sentence. It says cases are aged one month to sixteen years old. Ten uh, percent of them have required liver transplantation. Uh, and uh, at least one death so far has been reported. So mm-hmm. you're having this of uh, a severe reaction in children, not adults. Mm-hmm. Their their mm-hmm. their bodies are not even fully developed, mm-hmm. and they can't mm-hmm. seem to find out what's causing this or the, any type of. I I just can't I can't believe that. I, I'm right. I'm glad that you are here, right. both you and Dr. Solomon, to kind of give us enlightenment on what's going on. Yeah, I also find it odd that they're not trying to, okay, well, were they on the vaccine or not? Like, say that. Like, or because, I mean, COVID could cause it also. Like, so, you know, be honest with your science is all I'm asking. And they did, there's been like a concerted uh, sort of uh, gangster science going on throughout the European regions of the world. Uh, covering up for Pfizer and Moderna. Like, I, I've never seen anything like this in research. 
Yeah, it's the same thing. So how could a one a one month old, is that what it said, yeah. could have hepatitis? Is it because the mother was vaccinated? Tell us more, give us more information. And we should know that uh, European countries have prohibited Moderna for the young adults. So you, if you're a young adult, uh, younger than 20, you should not get Moderna. It's like uh, they blocked it. So why did they block it? What is the data they're not telling us? Is it because exactly. of... Is it because of just heart problem that they're seeing on young adults? Why is that? What is the information you have that we don't have for you to say, okay, young adults, no more Moderna for you, which is the same technology as Pfizer, but what makes it different for you to say no Moderna? And why is it those young adults falling when they're doing sports? What is it that's happening? Now we're seeing everywhere we go to schools, if before you can participate into any kind of heavy sport activities, they ask you to bring any EKG to show you're normal. Mm -hmm. So why all of a sudden we're asking that? What is it that you're seeing that you're not letting the public know? And you're still advocating for this vaccine. Why do we all of a sudden making all these changes that we didn't have and we're not telling? And the other thing I want to mention, uh, I know you're talking about the hepatitis. There's, if we look at the excess mortality rate, it's increasing. When you level out the COVID deaths and everything yes. that's happening in 20. 20, 2019 and beyond that, when you you look at that uh, statistically, uh, the excess mortality rate is skyrocketing and we need to ask why. No one is discussing why we are seeing such an excess death mortality. Bridget? I, you know, I don't even know what to, what to ask. Um... Now, so it's just no. I, I'm 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 lost, y'all. I'm I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So many no, things coming up. Now we were, you know, and and I'm I'm stuck on one side as far as this new technology, and then this whole thing of these um these different types of viruses, and we're not, and they're still doing the investigation of what what you know, like how did it spread, right? So am I hearing y'all correctly that uh, as of right now, this what is that is affecting children, it's not clear of really how did it get to the child for them to be responding to it? Yes. And, and uh, I wanted to be clear that it, it may possibly not even be a virus. Right. It could, it could be uh, immune-mediated hepatitis based on a vaccine. Wow. Let, let, let me, uh, let's go to New York City. 347, 347. Question or comment for our guest? Hey, how you doing, Richard? And Elliot, and to your guests, man, really enjoying the show. Yes, um, I just have, like, two questions. Number one, this um, pandemic's been going on for the last couple of years. They've basically got the people who's going to take the jab to take it i don't i don't think the um increase in um the population of taking the jab is is moving any way forward the way they thought it 
they thought it would be. I mean, right. I, I got family members who done already took the jab and three booster shots. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. My really question cool. is, my, my, my question is this. With all that is going on, why haven't they found or set up a system to where as the individuals who choose not to take the jab would be able to basically survive getting the the virus. I mean, I don't, I never understood why they never put anything in the place to protect those individuals who decided not to take the jab. Yeah, you, you asked a, a very important point because it mean part of it is that it's sort of indicating that they want to force everybody to take what you call the jab. <laughs> um, uh, so if you give somebody you know something to prevent them from or, or think that they don't need to take it, then they won't take it. Um, there are some things that are avail- available. I mean, there, there's the monoclonal antibody that if you take it. Uh, far in advance uh, is helpful in uh, decreasing severity of disease. Again, what we talked about with NAC, cursidin, and zinc, you know, vitamin D. Uh, NAC is one that helps curve, NAC and vitamin D3 uh, and, and zinc help curve the possibility of serious uh, illness and hospitalization as well. Um, there should be more studies on that. There should be uh, you know, clinics that that utilize that because it's important. Like you and, and I and, and many others that uh, chose to, or Kyrie Irving, that that chose to uh, do take the the natural way of dealing with the, any sort of virus. I mean, because they're like we, COVID is always in the news, but there are like millions of viruses. Like people don't even talk about those and. And you, you have to be able to be vigilant about your health to prevent yourself from getting any of those viruses. Okay, now let me let me ask you this. For someone like myself, who's basically, you know, when I go out, I always wear my mask. Yes. And I try not to be in a place for for a long period of time. Yes. Is there anything on the market that I could take to assist when I do make those voyages out into society? Is there is there a product that, like I had heard you earlier speak about um, something that you spray in the nose that um, would be able to attack the virus if it came in through the nostrils? Is, how, how could one get a hold of that product and be able to um, use that? Because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really disappointed in this government mm-hmm. in regards to the way that they've handled this thing. Because to me, it seems like they cared more about people taking this jab than they did about dealing with people's immunity and yes. dealing with the fact that they didn't want to be part of the jab. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. You know, yes. I, would, I would have thought that they would have, you know, worked with both sides. Now, lastly, the last thing I've heard is this. 
that if you feel that you got the the virus, there's some sort of pill that you could take if you catch it within the first like yeah. four or five days that would yeah. be helpful when you survive it. Yeah. Yeah. So so there is there's a monoclonal antibody for that. Um, and, and as you mentioned, the nasal spray is not out yet. It's still under investigation, clinical trials. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can't underestimate uh, sunlight and vitamin D if you feel like you you, you want to uh, venture out a little bit more often. You, you make sure you're up on at least you know five uh, uh, five IU of excuse me five thousand IU of vitamin D. Uh, per day, even 10,000 if you feel like you're going to be active like that. Um, because vitamin D activates something that's in your nose already called cathelicidin. I did one of my first presentations about COVID and vitamin D and sunlight um, talking about cathelicidin and what that, that's a natural uh, protein that protects us from virus um, that is in our upper, upper respiratory tract that is stimulated by vitamin D3, cathelicidin. So, you know, keep that in mind when you go out. And then uh, one thing also, if you, you decide, okay, I want to have more people over my house for something that needs to happen, uh, is to have uh, HEPA ELF air filters in your house because that helps to, um, to recycle air and trap the virus that may be coming in through um, uh, liquid particles that are, you know, coming sprayed from people when they talk, laugh, sneeze, cough. Uh, it's important to have a HEPA air filter in your house. Well, thank you very much. And I mean, it's really always enjoyable when you and the sister come on to the show and spread the um, information, man. I, I like to thank you. And I hope more people would take the opportunity to listen to what you're saying because we definitely need this information because, you know, it's crazy. But the truth is the propaganda, unfortunately, has slowed down to the point to where it ain't as bad as it used to be, even though it'll probably pick up again soon. Yeah. But, um, hey, man, I'm I'm just trying to find the right alternative to taking taking that jab, even though I think I think they basically come to the conclusion that um, people like Kyrie Irving, yourself, myself, and others are not going to take take the jab. Thank you again, brother. Could you put me on mute, Elliot, and have a good day, my brothers. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think also I wanted to add that to include uh, the N-acetylene, the NAC, into your cabinet in case you feel like you got exposed to take it. And uh, I think to Elliot, I'll send you that paper that talks about it's on therapeutics and clinical risk management that they did a good review and what dosage to take. Great. And it's something good to have. And I know you might not find it in shelves lately. They have been reducing it to putting it onto shelves because now they're saying, oh, we maybe needs FDA approval. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden, why, why does it need FDA approval? Uh, it used to be on the market, like you can just buy it like as in wow, a supplement. Wow. So they started removing it from shelves. So maybe you might find it, but NAC is a, a good thing to have 
uh, in case when you're traveling and you yeah. think you might be exposed, there's something to take right away. Okay. Yeah. And I'll share those papers uh, with you. I'll, I'll those documents. I don't know if I should do this, but um, my brother's getting married, so I'm going to Mexico. So what y'all saying right now? Cause I'm <laughs> right, 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 right. And I'm like, oh, man. What? And then, like, they threw this twist. Well, you 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 one of the best men, so you can't even bow out, right? Right, right, right. I'm, on, I'm looking for it now. Yeah, yeah. These are things for you because, like, this is the prime situation what you're facing right there. Make sure you have an M95 mask on that plane. Um, make sure you're washing your hands throughout. If you touch anything on the plane, keep on washing your hands. Bring hand sanitizer. And then, you know, hopefully in Mexico, it will be outside, most likely. Uh, I will say that Mexico is uh, sort of tropical in that the water droplets and moisture in the air takes um, uh, the, it takes COVID down to the ground faster, I should say, because COVID, like microparticles that are floating in the air, still have weight, and weight is susceptible to gravity. And so if you have more weight from humidity in the air, it takes the virus down. So that's one thing in your credit, especially if that wedding is outside. Um, and you may want to even consider wearing a mask during the wedding when you're around a bunch of people out, outside. So th those are that's my advice. Oh, um, man, y'all, you don't know. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm on live, so I'm going to I'm gonna try to act professional here. Yeah, <laughs> they gonna want you to take pictures, but you can't take it with a mask on. <laughs> right, right. right. Hold, it, hold it down for the pictures, and then, and then sometimes when I, I had a party for my sister last year in in Ohio. I kept gloves on and a mask, even outside. So everybody, everybody, I shook hands. Oh yeah, okay, I'll shake your hand. I had a, I had gloves on. <laughs> like, yeah, so you know, rubber gloves. Is that um, I don't know if this is outside, but just I think that as we're dealing with these unknown um, viruses that are moving around and the known ones and then the the, the effect, um, the unknown side effects of the vaccines that we're taking, um, what, you know, it, it says something, especially those of us in North America, of how we are changing in order to relate to each other. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah you know, a question in relationship to what y'all looking at. But I think from the vantage point that you're look you're looking at um yeah. these viruses, it does I mean, should we be in more conversation about the society and our relations, especially the black community, which is prized on having a more relational ship um interact yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um yeah. That, I mean, how do y'all see that? And and, and 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 Dr. Solomon, you know, I, I would assume even, you know, how do y'all see that? Let me stop there. Um, how do we do that? How do we view this? I mean, before we were talking about being scientific literate. I mean, and even, and I appreciate the papers that you're raising, the amount of information we need to know in order to navigate um, in this environment. And then the, the type of protection we need to have in order to maintain the relationship. And this is all happening at a, a nano or micro level, and um, that we should be that much aware. Is how do how do you how do y'all 
um, you know, think that we should at least frame it when we're not scientists or one who follows this type of, 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 of world, the world of viruses, um, like that, the way y'all do. Um, the way I would say is for me, if the media is pushing something, is for me, it's always a red flag. <laughs> if it's everywhere you see the same repeated message, there's a, I look at what's the message behind it. What is it mm. that they're not telling me? What is that propaganda? So I stay away from that. So for me, for people, if you were, uh, skeptic about the government or skeptic about some kind of propaganda that you've been seeing everywhere but all of a sudden why are you trusting this mm-hmm. what happened to that critical thinking like mm-hmm. why all of a sudden you start believing this vaccine was falling for this propaganda and mm-hmm. if you go back our social environment I'm from Ethiopia, nothing changed. People living their life as normal and you don't see this effect. Oh, I have a bad cold and they survive it. They struggle, but then they're back together. You know, they're back to normal, right? And they're more uh, leaning into uh, natural remedies, Uh, you know, drinking milk with garlic, honey, you know, they're going back to the natural way of healing themselves. And they move on with their life. But for me, for the, I just don't understand how people who were skeptical of what they hear on propaganda, why they're believing in, in this and defending it. Uh, Dr. Solomon, what did you say? Uh, drinking milk with honey and garlic? Yes, it helps. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I have used it for myself and uh, we've used it in the family. If you have a really bad cough, fever, uh, it really helps. Now, what um, what type of milk? Uh, like regular uh, vitamin D milk, or uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, what type of milk? If you drink regular milk, you do. Uh, I use uh, oatmeal milk or you know uh, almond milk, whichever type of milk you use. You boil it with garlic and honey, and it's the best remedy. And I heard I talked to a another person and she said yeah that's what they use in brazil as well oh wow and okay i grew up with that when you have a bad cough that's what they used to give us <laughs> wow but you're not saying that that's a remedy for covid you're saying that that's for a, a cough in general is that what you're saying yeah, a cough in general, but okay. like, you know, the symptoms, if you have a bad cough or like if you have fever, that it helps. Okay. It's like a symptom, but not to cure you from COVID or anything. But Oh, no, no. I, yeah, I knew you weren't talking about COVID, but I just never heard that as far as, uh, you yes. know, somebody had a bad cough or maybe some type of cold symptoms. Where yes, they could do, okay. cold symptoms right away. It helps. Okay. Okay. Uh, before we go to our uh, 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 215, let me... Uh, this other report, which was similar to the children's hepatitis report, but let me read this because um, I'd like y'all input on this one also. This is from the World Health Organization on May the 21st of this year. Um, outbreak at a glance is headed. Since May 13th, 2022, 
cases of monkeypox have been reported to the World Health Organization by 12 member states that are not endemic for monkeypox virus mm-hmm. across three World Health Organization regions. Epidemiologists' uh, investigations are ongoing, however. Reported cases thus far have no established travel links to endemic areas. Based on current available information, cases have mainly but not exclusively been identified among men who have sex with men seeking care in primary care and sexual health clinics. The situation is evolving, and the World Health Organization expects there will be more cases of monkeypox identified as surveillance expands in non-epidemic countries. Immediate action focus on informing those who may be at risk for monkeypox infections with accurate information in order to stop further spread. Current available evidence suggests that those uh, who are most at risk are those who have been in close contact with somebody with monkeypox while they are symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, the World Health Organization will be providing more technical recommendations in the coming days. Now, it states the 12 member states that these infections have broken out in. And it's it's very similar, if not exactly <laughs> similar, to the, the hepatitis. Let me read these <laughs> names. It says Belgium, Austria, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, England, and the United States. It, it, it almost for, verbatim, it's almost the same countries with this outbreak of monkeypox that they said is not endemic to those areas. Yes. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there in relation to what y'all were saying about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, these mRNA vaccines messing around with people's immune systems. And, you know, I, I don't know the, I mean, I, you guys read the data all the time. I, ju- I just felt this was a little suspect and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah. I, I, I was waiting for that, that question because I, I was trying to lead it to it. Um, I don't think there's a link between COVID and monkeypox, but I think there's a link between the general scheme when I talk about chemical and biological warfare. Okay. And and getting messenger RNA vaccines and priming people to have to always take them. You know, we have the technology for messenger RNA vaccines. If we if we in these developing developing countries in these these NATO countries um, have the messenger RNA vaccine, it will give you a competitive advantage in a war in nations that don't because messenger RNA vaccines can be um, um, put out to the general population very, very fast. That's That's the key to that. In 1970, there was a report where they were thinking about utilizing monkeypox as chemical and biological warfare. I mean, I'll have to look at the the paper on that one. Yeah, you know, I think I did read something about this monkeypox was uh, basically created in a lab. 
Yeah, yeah. So they, they were like, so it so it affected in uh, in Congo. They said they found it first in Congo, nineteen fifty eight, and then it, it the and that's the more virulent strand where ten percent of the people could possibly die, and then in uh, West Africa, it's between one and three percent that could possibly die. So the numbers are low. Um, but my my point is that monkeypox is more of another. This spread of monkeypox is real, but it could be real propaganda in the sense that it's spread it for that for that reason to get okay. us primed and ready for that reason. I, I do want to say a, a little bit about the uh, the epidemiology of, of monkeypox because it's important for people to know that monkeypox is not uh, COVID. It doesn't spread the same way. Monkeypox is a DNA virus. Um, COVID is an RNA virus. Um, monkeypox is is much larger virus, two hundred some odd tons, thousand some odd base pairs, and COVID is thirty thousand some odd base pairs. Very s- small comparison. It can't, so it, it can't be spread readily through respiratory droplets unless you're in a place spreading respiratory droplets for three hours. So you would have to be in a spot where somebody's um, with monkeypox is breathing or sneezing, and you have to be in there three hours in order for it to spread. It spreads from close contact or touching the clothing of somebody that has had monkeypox before. Or uh, let's see one other way. They don't know if it's sexually transmitted. Of course, they're seeing it in uh, what they call um, what in uh, men having sex with men is what they're finding in in uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and they and they found it in uh, saunas, like a sauna in Spain where it, it, the community spread came from a, a, a large sauna where everybody came and had a sauna. And so they were in there long periods of time and they were close contact and they had towels. So th- this is the type of spread. And the other thing important to say about is that the are not, meaning how many people it spreads to after one person gets it. With COVID, the are not is somewhere like one to to five, like excuse me, three to five, meaning one person gets it immediately, three to five people will get it. With with monkeypox, it's zero to one. So if you get monkeypox, maybe nobody will catch it, or maybe one person will. It's slower. So mm-hmm. I, I, I did want to make sure I talked about that. Okay. Let's go to 215. Good evening, Brother Elliot. Good evening, Brother Richard. Good evening, yes, Dr. Solomon and, and, and Professor Jefferson. How are everyone doing tonight? Oh, very good. Very good. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Our praise be to Allah. You know, it's, it's such good information coming across tonight, Professor Jefferson, you and Dr. Solomon and, 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 and the callers and stuff, you know, just gave me a lot to think about before I came on. I, all I can say is this, Professor Jefferson and, and, and Dr. Solomon, that when COVID first hit, when it first hit back, I guess in March 2020, when the shutdowns around the country took place, I've been doing what I've been doing from day one. I've been taking ivermectin, uh, Paxamil, elderberry, uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, vitamin D3, you name it, all natural things. And I must be doing something right because, like I said, I didn't get tested three. I think I think I told Elliot that you know, I got tested for the fourth time just to have peace of mind, and each time it came back negative. 
So yeah. I must be I must be doing something right. Now on the right. other hand, uh, uh, Professor Jefferson and Dr. Simon, I have had friends of mine and family, and I, and I tell this story very honestly. People can believe if they want that stuff on them. I can, I'm just telling you how it is. I have had friends and family. Now some of my friends and family took the the jab, as Brother Jay say, and they're okay. At least I hope they're okay. But mm-hmm. by the same token, I know some family and friends and neighbors that took it, and they didn't have a good result from it. Uh, mm-hmm. I have some mm-hmm. friends and family that got the three uh, shots, the, the booster shots, and some died. As a matter of fact, a good friend of mine, who I'm still grieving her death, She and she was a, pro, a person that was pro-vaccine. She was a, a uh, seventy something about seventy four year old black woman, good friend of mine, worked at a local black newspaper, and she mm-hmm. was getting on me about taking the, the jab. She was saying, "Joe, don't get caught up in all that because to take the jab and this and that." And I told her, "I respect that." I, I said, "Miss Fletcher, I cannot get this. That's, I'm not. I don't believe in it." And you know, we mm-hmm. went back and forth, and she decided she got. Like I said, she got all three shots, and she got the booster. And it was like near near her birthday, of December of last year. And she mm-hmm. and I talked to her on the phone, and I could see by her voice. Professor Jefferson and Dr. Simon, she didn't sound like herself. She was saying, Joe, I don't feel good at all. And she was saying, she mm. said, Joe, and this is what she told me. She said, ever since I got that booster shot, I don't feel good. And, and, and I would, and I would, and I, I, I would call her we put, you know, in the following weeks, and her voice would go, and it would go to voicemail. And I was mm. getting concerned about her well-being. So finally, mm. I was able to, 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 to make contact with her. She sounded very weak on the phone. And and and, and, then, and then once again she was hospitalized and everything and then I would say about maybe this is what May I would say some somewhere around mid April whatever I got a call from the, one of the brothers of the newspaper saying hey, I got that sad news for you that Miss Fletcher made transition she passed away and it hurt me to my heart because I and she even admitted she said ever since she got that like I said that third that that booster shot she said her health started going downhill and then she, and she was one of many people. That I can tell you that they they got all this the jab and the, and the booster shots that helped deteriorate. One brother got got the got the jab and, and stuff and the boosters, and he wound up being impotent. He was on the process of getting married, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, some I mean, uses just can't, but see, but see, the establishment don't want to hurt those kind of things because when and that's why I'm kind of backtracking what Brother Jay was saying because when he was saying about people that do the alternative stuff like me, you, and 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 and, uh, and Professor. Uh, uh, Solomon, and others, and Elliot, and Rich, and everybody do the the, the, the alternative stuff. You met with hostility because, as a matter of fact, Elliot will verify this on a local black radio station. You, you have a respected black doctor who has an MD next to his name and stuff, mm-hmm. but because he believes in holistic medicine, when he talk, when he calls up and try to tell about his alternative ways besides getting the jab, he's met with hostility. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean this is real. I mean, people need to understand. People that talk to listen to understand that people that call up like yourself and, and Dr. Solomon to talk about alternative treatments, you're not getting treated. With my my primary, my my other physician, I mean, this doctor that I'm talking about, he's my, he's one of my doctors. My other PCP, same with her. She says she has she has got treated with open hostility by some of her white colleagues and even some of the black ones that caught up when she talked about. Ivermectin, the elderberry, and other things besides the jab, she has got met with hostility. Matter of fact, she had to she had to do an end around to get ivermectin because she says some of the, when the pharmacy she was dealing with refused to get it for anymore. So she had to do mm. kind of an end around to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. This, 
See, this is, see, and I'm and like this go back to what Brother Jay was saying. If, if you was a fair-minded people and a fair-minded nation, you should have respect for those that want to get the jab and those that don't. But the, the, the people, like I said, that don't want to get the jab, they met with hostility. Like some of this on a, on a local radio station, you call up and say that you taking something else and you okay with it and stuff. You get treated by the, a lot of hosts with hostility. You know that some of the callers who's ignorant, they call up and make mockery of you. And I said, and as I told one of the hosts on the station, I said, well, you can laugh and, and make mockery. I said, but all I know is that I must be doing something right because I don't had I don't had COVID. I got tested. Exactly. I, I, I got tested by white people. I got tested by, and each time it came up negative. So I must. Yeah. Be doing something right, you know what I'm saying? Professor right, Jefferson, right. Dr. Solomon must be doing something right, you know what I mean? But see, again, right. it just shows you how this government is, how they got people so tricked up that they, it's, either your, it's either my way or the highway. And like Brother yeah. Jay was saying, it should be a, it should be respect for people. Like I said, I don't trash people to get the job. I know I'm not getting it. I've made it clear to my family and my friends. And nobody putting that stuff in my system. Now, if you want to get mm-hmm. it, fine. The rest of the system you have to live with. Now, if you decide to get it, I wish you well. I hope you give those that decide to get the jab. I wish them well. But I know I'm not getting it. And I should be respected just like somebody decided to get the jab. And that's what Brother Jay was kind of saying when he called a few minutes ago. It should be a, 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 a fair-minded thing, but it's not because they because they in a bed. They, and to me, they're in the pockets of these pharmaceutical companies, the the, the, the Johnson and Johnsons, the, the the Pfizer's. It's all about making money at the expense of people's health. And what get me, Professor Jefferson and Professor Simon, is that when I heard black doctors who are pediatricians work with children, you know, we got some here in Philadelphia that that, that, that and they, they they come on the radio and push this vaccine. I'm saying myself, yeah. it's one thing to push it for. It's one thing, that Professor Jefferson, doctor, to push it on adults, but they saying it's okay for babies. Are you kidding yes. me? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, who in their damn right mind would want to prescribe a, a vaccine, unproven vaccine for children, yeah. infants on up to five years old, when you don't know the long-term damage could do those children mentally, physically, and any other kind of way? You understand yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's insane, but these people, they, 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 they're drinking the Kool-Aid, the Jim Jones Kool-Aid, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, anything this yeah. man say medically, these some of these black guys go run along with it and they push that like yes. they on our children and babies. I think, I think it's, it's, it's despicable. I really do. It is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, if you as an adult want to take it, that's your decision. You can control But that child... Or if they don't have no decision, they got to go with what their parents decide. And for you to yeah. push that on the, on your babies, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. But see, yeah. this is where we are as a people. And this is why people like yourself and, and Professor Solomon are so important to come on and give the other side and give a balanced view because let our people know that if you feel uncomfortable getting the jab yourself or, or give it to your children, then you know it's alternative ways and stuff like that. And, that, and that's why it's so important. I thank Brother Ellie and Brother Richard for having you and Dr. Solomon on me because y'all give a perspective to let people know that, hey, if you're not comfortable with it, it's other ways. You don't have to get given to, to the media crazy and the frenzy and, and the hysteria. You can do what you think is best for yourself. And that's, and that's what I think I, I have did what I think is best for myself. And, and so far, I'm 60 years old. I'll be 61 in a, in a couple of months. So knock on wood, I must be doing something right. That's all I can say. You know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's but anyway, I might take the last. I, I think I want to once again, like Brother Joe, I want to thank you and, and, and Dr. Simon for your information that y'all, because both of y'all are beautiful people. Y'all put out good information. Y'all fair and balanced, and y'all respectful. So I just want to thank y'all. Thank Brother Ellen Richard for having y'all on, and, and, and Brother Ellen, put me on mute, and I'll you know, listen to the rest of the show. Okay. Thanks for your contribution. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will say on, on his point that the risk for children is so low that it's, and, and, you know, to put them at risk of the, the risk of getting the, the, the virus and having death and, and hospitalization is so low 
um, that the means don't justify the ends with giving them a messenger RNA vaccine. I will say that. And then one point that he made about the brother that um, became impotent after taking a vaccine, um, the S spike protein um, has an entry point of an ACE2 receptor, but it also has the entry point of the CD147 receptor, which is highly populated in the, in the seminal vesicles. And so it doesn't surprise me that that was a reaction. Um, that's a reaction that could uh, happen with COVID, but it's also a reaction that could happen with the vaccine because it's still targeting the same CD40, CD147 um, uh, receptor. So I, I want to make that point. Professor Jefferson, Dr. Salman, uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to having you on the next quarter. And now, uh, Dr. Solomon said that probably in September, things might start uh, swinging back the other direction. So uh, we're going to probably bring you back on in the next couple of months to uh, kind of give an assessment uh, to uh, to uh, tell us about the science, read the science to us so we can, we, you know, as a listening audience and as a people, we can uh, make uh, better decisions, uh, more more uh, more uh, educated decisions on what we uh, what we're doing in the future. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, yeah, we'll be happy to uh, to come in in a couple of months. One thing I want to add about the monkeypox for people to have in mind, when they released first the monkeypox pandemic, they put in an African hand on mm-hmm. it. So that for mm-hmm. people to keep in mind, this is like an African disease, even though it hasn't been found in Africa yet. <laughs> but they're spreading the image of an African infected in it as if it's us. So it's a propaganda. So people need to keep that in mind as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's see where, where we are in September. <laughs> yeah. Professor Jefferson, Dr. Salman, I want to thank you for being with us and we'll be looking forward to your next visit. Yes, my, my pleasure. And, and Brother Richard, we look forward to you getting back safely and sound <laughs> from Mexico. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Brother man over here sweating already. <laughs> the thing is, my, bro- my brother, he all right about this, but I don't, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be right. But his, yeah. his fiance, she ain't playing. She, make, she got a whole elaborate thing played out, and I've talked to him, and he just acting like, well, hey, I'm just going along with the program. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you gotta watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good one, and I really do. Enjoy, I appreciate the um, articles, um, um, and 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 definitely the dialogue and the information. So, yeah, yes, thank you, thank you. And, thank you. Yeah, so one of them you can see it's about improving your gut my, microbacteria that they have done about eating right and everything that the first question Elliot was asking. People can have that information how they can be healthy and sustain this COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. I know you put that in the uh, the chat room, uh, Dr. Solomon, but could you send that to me in the email? I want to put that on the website. Yes, absolutely. Great, yes. great. And uh, thank both of you, and we'll be looking forward to your next visit. Okay. Look forward to it. Yes. Bye-bye. Talk to Go you ahead. soon. Richard. Yes. I'm glad uh, they came on with us this evening to kind of give us some enlightenment on uh, what's going on and uh, uh, some of this new stuff that's coming out and how it's 
may or may not be related uh, to these treatments. Um, Professor Jefferson was mentioning that he didn't see a necessarily a relation between these treatments and this this monkeypox outbreak, but he said he definitely seen a uh, uh, relation between the hepatitis outbreak and the children, and uh, and these uh, these mRNA treatments. So uh, that's something for us to keep an eye on. Uh, if we haven't had our children vaccinated, we need to push back at that because uh, I agree with uh, uh, Brother Joe out of the Germantown section of Philadelphia. You know, it's, as an adult, you know, you make your own decision. You know, if somebody wants to do something, they're, they're grown. But don't do not do that to our children with with something that's unproven that we don't know the results of that they might have health issues 10, 15 years down the line related to something that happened when they were children that they didn't have control over. That's yes. uh, before we leave this evening, just want to give out the lineup on time for an awakening media, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. African Perspectives with Brother Oshi. Always interesting dialogue and topics on African Perspectives. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Later on Monday evening, Black Therapy Central with host Dr. Maria Kanban and Dr. Kamal Kanban. That's 8 to 9. Monday evenings and from 9 to 10, Conversation Reparation. That's in COBRA's program uh, with the host, Brother Jamoke. That's from 9 to 10 on Monday evenings, first and third Mondays of the month. On Tuesday, 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. That's 8 to 10 p.m. on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it's our time, the Black Farms program from 8 to 9 and from 9 to 10. Uh, Black Agenda Report with Dr. David Muhammad is host on Fridays, Time for an Awakening from 8 until and on Saturdays from 7 to 9 p.m. The Elders of Sankofa would host Brother Alfonso Watkins. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always, and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace.
Children. To save the children. 